you know, we've heard the term resetting. And I, I want you to describe for me as a coach, what makes a reset? You know, maybe starting with that first practice after a loss such as the one to Nashville. What is a reset? Well, you know, these things, uh, whether it's a reset or whether it's letting it go, uh, going back on track, you can call it a lot of different things. The main thing is, is that you have to have the proper attitude and the proper mindset to move forward. And you can't dwell on things past uh, educating yourself what just happened and what we have to do to be successful. You have to move on. There's too many games to be able to just sit on something and dwell on something and let it fester into a negativity that you can't get out of. So what you have to understand is, is that uh, we nobody is happy the way it was, especially the effort, and, and uh, you know they have to come back with a certain purpose, and I think they, we have. And, uh, you know, you're looking for that consistency. So a reset is just basically, you know, your TV, you're going to push the button, it's going to reset. We're going to come back out. You know, we're not going to let it affect us in a negative way. We, we believe in where we're going, and we have to continue to, in that direction. What was the first thing you had to do as a staff after that, that, that loss to Nashville? Well, you know, these things aren't going to not just only happen once. You know, we're going to deal with adversity, whether it might be a different uh, – every week it could be something different. And you're going to deal with that adversity. So you're going to head it – you know – approach it head on you're going to address it you're going to put it out there you're going to talk about uh, where we are and what we have to do um i think the guys understand that uh, nobody was very happy in that situation so you know not letting uh, you know not addressing things that are important at that time are, are not going to help the situation they get worse so you know we we addressed it we assessed it we said okay here's here's our mindset uh, we did not want them to to uh, drag it on with them and let it keep that uh, negative energy with them. So we, uh, you know, we propped them back up. We had uh, regained their energy and, and uh, that said, let's go forward. You know, sometimes I think, especially now in, in, an, in an analytics age, we do tend to overlook the fact, and I'm, when I say we, I'm, I'm frankly referring largely to myself and members of the media. We do tend to overlook the fact that these guys are human beings, and it's like any other job. If you go to a job and you've done a, a lousy job for a couple of days, I, I, you know, I mean, you've got to, you need a little bit of of of, of uh, work in your psyche, don't you? Oh, for sure. I mean, but uh, we work part parent, part teacher, part uh, you know, psychologist. Uh, you know, you you have to kind of like I understand that we're going to make mistakes in the game, but we don't want to make them over and over again. We're going to have a bad shift, but we don't want to have two bad shifts or a bad period. We don't have two bad periods. We want to try to keep that consistency level where it's not affecting us. We're going to gain points and continue moving in in a positive energy level going forward. But uh, things are going to go wrong, and we're going to have uh, things that we don't like that are going to happen. And there's going to be some bad goals, bad calls, bad injuries. And uh, once in a while, there's going to be bad games. It's how you recover from those and your mindset coming out of those situations is, is what's important. There's, as I was saying before, there was, you know, with that many games, with three, maybe three and a half games per week you're playing, you can't afford not to have that next game, that next period, that next shift be the most important. So trying to shorten those uh, downward swings or those uh, negativity, you don't want to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to push those that mindset with our players that we're looking for the consistency and and uh, you have to get back on track. 
Peter Horacek joins us on the Jeff Blair Show. What are you seeing in these recent games that suggest to you that this might be sustainable? Well, we know that uh, there's not going to be 100% sustainable, but so what we're, as I was saying before, we're doing a lot of things better in a consistency way. So we know that there's certain things this team has to do. Energy starts with our game. Our game has to, we have to play with better energy on a, on a regular basis. Uh, on the defensive side of the puck, you know, we have to be better not giving up and diving down and giving up odd man chances. We have to eliminate our turnovers. When we start playing the right way, playing the way that makes the game faster, we're getting up through the neutral zone, we're getting into their offensive zone and playing time in their zone rather than our zone, um, we start having more success. We know we can score goals. We have to be able to make sure that we're not giving up free goals, easy goals. We have to make them work for what they get. And uh, when we're playing that way, we're playing a lot better, and we know we're going to collect our share of points in games. Peter Horacek joins us on the Jeff Blair Show. The Dallas Stars will play the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Air Canada Centre tonight. We'll have the game at Sportsnet 590. The fan, Peter, when you think of the Dallas Stars, it's hard not to think of Tyler Sagan. He's got 31 points, 24 games, 18 goals, lead the league. Uh, Since he joined the Stars last year, he's recorded more points than any NHL player not named Sidney Crosby. He's clearly an elite player, but what problems does Tyler Sagan present to a staff and present to a team, perhaps compared to some of the game's other elite players? Well, you know, he has that ability. He has a lot of skill. He can skate and he can shoot. But, you know, they're loaded with skill. I mean, um, Ben is probably their most complete player. They have Jason Spezza, who was Ottawa's best player for a number of years. And they're a skilled team. They've got lots of players up front. They've got grit up front. And uh, they've got good goaltending. But, uh, you know, they've had their troubles. But they're a dangerous team because uh, they can score. And you have to be on top of our game. But when we approach these games, when we start scouting, whether it's Tyler Sagan or Ben or Spezza or whoever it may be on their uh, group of players, we have to say, okay, we understand their strengths. We have to understand our strengths and play to our strengths. We have to play our game, make sure that we're doing the things we have to do so it's not easy for them to play. We're making sure that we're not giving up things. So we like to fall back on our systems and our game and making sure we're doing the things that we have to do. Glenn Healy uh, yesterday said that he had a conversation with Sidney Crosby after after the game that you guys, the most recent game you played against Pittsburgh. And Crosby said, I didn't have a lot of room out there. Um, you know, essentially crediting crediting you guys with doing a good job of, of, of shutting him down. Uh, is that something that you're, you're seeing more and more from this unit? The ability to, if, if you can't shut down one of the game's elite players, then at least make sure that he has to work for everything he gets? I think that's going to be an important factor for us. I mean, obviously, uh, there's going to be teams that we play. We just played Washington with a Vetchkin and, and Backstrom. You're going to play Crosby and Malkin. And everybody's got their star players. Everybody's got players. So if we make it hard to play against them, how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to do it by the back pressure. We're going to do it by trying to keep a better gap and, and making it uh, a fast game, making it non-turnovers where they can take advantage of it. When we're doing that, we're hard to play against. When you're playing fast. It feels like there's no space out there. There's no time. They don't get time to, to wait for help coming from their third and third wave or a de-joining rush. So when we're playing that, we're making them grind it out a little bit more. We're bringing a better team. We're limiting their chances. That's, that's successful for us. And when we're not playing that way, that's when teams are getting more chances from us. 
Peter Horacek joins the Jeff Blair Show on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Getting Joffrey uh, and David Booth back is clearly added to the forward depth. It's also resulted in a, an adjustment, a nice time for, for, for all the forwards. I mean, how, how does a coaching staff approach that situation? You know, you're getting two players back at roughly the same time or the same time with a bit of a track record. Do, do you set an initial limit and, and kind of work up from there? Or does it purely depend on the flow of the game? And now that these two have been back for a while, is it going to depend even more on the flow of the game, perhaps? Well, I think a little bit of it. When you're out for any length of time, especially if it's more than a couple weeks, it takes a few games to get that back and get your legs legs back underneath you, your conditioning level. You you don't have that same kind of zip, that game timing. And so, you know, a few games, it's going to be back to get them back up to speed. But... uh, you know, it's a nice problem to have when you have depth. And, you know, Randy can use that based on how they're playing, what kind of energy they're playing, and feel that and move them up the line, move people down. And that makes a, a good competition in there for people to be pushing themselves to, to get the most of it. But, uh, you know, it's nice to have the depth. And Randy certainly has, uh, you know, his his thumb on the finger of everybody knowing, you know, where who's playing and who's at their best and be able to get the most of them that night. Uh, quick health check. Uh, Leo Komarov, Phil Kessel. Any update on uh, on them? I know Phil was uh, Phil was out of practice yesterday. I, uh, any update on either of them? Well, you know, we expect them to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, with Leo, we're we're still going to be finding that out. What's going to happen this morning? So we'll see what comes out of uh, this morning with the with the trainers and docs, and and we'll see uh, if he's going to be at the point where he's going to play. So that that assessment will come later on. 